Thank you, worship team. So there was a, a line in that song. It said, uh, I want to take your word and shine it all around. But first, help me to live it, Lord. I want to take your word and shine it all around, but first, help me to live it. Uh, one of the things we're... Uh, the importance of the Word of God. What we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, and as a youth pastor, you, you see uh, statistics that go around and uh, 60% of uh, upper high school, for early college, that transition years, 60% of students uh, stop relating to the church, uh, stop having relationship uh, with, with church community, stop uh, 60%. Uh, there's a study that uh, Fuller Theological Seminary did to what's, what's up with this 60%. Uh, the good news is a lot of them, once they start having children and get a little further on in life, they, they, they come back to church, a lot of them. Uh, but they said, well, what's with that 60% that end up uh, walking away from the church and, and kind of doing their own thing and finding their own way and doing their own, own thing for a while? What, what's up with that? And they started studying this, this 60%, started studying the 40% that were, that were sticking it out. What's the difference? There was two main, two main things that they, they, they came up with. One was relationship to people other than your parents. Uh, one was, uh, they, they said, you need to have at least five people in your life, in your church community that, that know you by name, that invest in you, that speak, can speak truth, that can speak life, that you have relationship with. You don't have that, guess what? You go off to college, there's no anchor, there's no, I'm going to uh, float for a while, I'm going to do my own thing. The, 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 so one, the first thing was relationship with people. The second thing was relationship with the Word of God. relationship with the Word of God. They said that the people that had relationship with the Word of God and knew and understood and, and dug into it and studied it and thought about it and uh, tried to understand it and went to Bible studies and got to know the Bible, the Word of God is the thing that anchored them when they went off to college. The Word of God is the thing that that anchors us when, when we're in seasons of transition and seasons of uh, grow and spread. That's what we're, we're talking about this morning. I've got some, excuse me, I've got some illustrations this morning. I knew the kids, kids were going to be with me, with us this morning, so I wanted to make this a little fun and interactive. And uh, Anybody know what this is? That's a tape measure. Okay, good. Uh, this, this table is 48 inches, four feet by, uh, by two feet. Okay. Uh, let's just say I wanted to start making my own tape measures. And I said, this, this table is uh, one foot, right? This, this table's one foot by six inches, whatever, whatever you want. I, I'm, I'm going to make my own. I'm going to say that a foot is this long. I'm going to make my own tape measures. We're going to call them Bethel tape measures. <laughs> now, who says, who says my tape measure would, would be wrong? 
Huh? Would my tape measure be wrong or would it be right? Wrong. Who says? You say. Who, who, who sets the standard? If it's right to you. Whatever you think, man. Yeah, see? You guys are illustrating it well. The word of God has to be the standard in our life. The, 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 the government actually has the, the institution of uh, weights and measures. They measure to make sure when you get pump a gallon of gas into your car, you're getting a gallon of gas. Uh, you know, you got, they got the little stamp on there that says this thing's been checked. They check it annually, sometimes more than that, but they check and make sure this, you're, you're getting what you say you're getting. Because gas stations can't say, well... We think that's a gallon. Right? Who sets that standard? Who sets that standard of weights and measures? Who sets the standard of... I mean, can you imagine being in the, in the, in the construction industry with tape measures that are different? I can tell you, with tape measures that are the same, it gets frustrating at times. The standard, the word of God has, there's a standard in our life, right? There has to be a standard. There has to be something we, we measure the rest of our life with. There has to be something that says, this is right, this is wrong. There has to be something that says, that puts limits around us. There has to be something that uh, tells us how to live. There has to be something that we're to measure the rest of life with. Because the world wants to say, this is what a foot is. The world wants to come in and say, uh, an inch is not really an inch. Uh, the, the, in, in Hebrews cha- chapter 5, it talks about maturity and somebody who's mature, who, who uh, by training and by, by the, the word, know how to discern right and wrong. The importance of the word of God in our life. The Bible has to be the standard. The word is critical for young people. It's critical for us. It's criti- crit- critical for all of us. It has to be something we live by. It has to be most important. Go ahead and turn to Acts 19. Now in Acts 19, it, it, Acts 19 and 20, it's talking about the birth of the church of Ephesus. I think Pastor Andrew uh, told me I was supposed to make sure I introduced myself today. So I'm Pastor Ben, the youth pastor here. It's good to be with you all. Um, uh so what's happening in, in Acts 19 and 20 is the birth of the church of Ephesus. Uh, Ephesus was, uh, God called Paul there. He, he uh, is hanging out there. He finds these 12, 12 people that have been uh, baptized, and he gets there and he says, You've been, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they were like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And, and so he, he 
lays hands on them, prays for them. They all began to speak in tongues. Uh, and out of that 12, he goes, brings them to the, to the synagogue. They start, uh, he starts explaining and arguing about the truth. Starts explaining and arguing, uh, arguing persuasively about the truth, about the word of God, about the standards, right? Uh, so he, he's there for a few months, and then, and then some people in the, in the synagogue kick him out. So he goes and he begins to teach. He begins to teach daily, daily. How many of you guys would love to sit under Paul's teaching daily? Daily, he's sitting there teaching them. And out of this uh, daily, he's teaching them. for. Uh, he was in Ephesus for almost three years. Laying his, we see Paul's missionary journeys. He's kind of all over the place. And Paul, where are you? Where are you going? Here he's, he's pouring into Ephesus for three years. Yeah, like all these crazy things are going on. I mean, he wipes his... A hanky or something or something. He's he's just just things touching people. They're getting healed. Uh, there, there's demons being cast out. There's there's all kinds of amazing things happening in Ephesus. Uh, Ephesus all of a sudden is captured. Uh, the word of God starts spreading. All, all of a sudden, all these uh, this is what it says in in chapter nineteen. Uh, verse 17 through 21. It became known the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus. They were seized with fear. And the name of the Lord was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed that they had done. A number of practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, a total came to 50,000 drachma. In today's world, that would be several million dollars. One drachma was the equivalent to one day's wages. So it was no small thing that was going on here. Fifth, the value of what they were bringing and the sin they, they were bringing totaled 50,000 days' wages. It wasn't just like, oh, I've got this pornography issue I need to deal with and... I mean, this was like, we're, we're taking this serious. We're bringing things to the light. We're bringing things, uh, we're, we're, I mean, this was, it happened because the, the word of the Lord came and there was a fear and there was a, a reverence for Christ and there was a reverence for God and there was a, whoa, we're not going to mess around with this. They, they began to bring their sin and they, they began to get their heart right. They began to get, I'm, I'm getting in line with, with the Lord and I'm getting in line with each other and uh, and then it says, in this way the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. How many of you want the word of God to spread wide and grow in power in your life? One of the ways the word of God spreads widely and grows in power in our life is when we get serious about it. It, it can't be just this, ah, I want to I study the word and know the word and I want the word to be important in my life, yeah, but, but I, don't really, I don't really actually sacrifice anything and I don't actually change anything and I don't actually live by what it says and I don't actually take and chew on it and think about it and meditate on it, understand it. He 
You want the word to, to grow and spread in your life, to spread and grow. We want the word of God to grow in power in our life. If we want the word of God to grow in power in our life, it's going to cost us something. You want the word of God to spread wide, it's going to cost you something. Go to uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol to your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Uh, this is the way it says it in, in the New Living Translation. You must lo- love the Lord your Lord your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm I'm giving you today. Commit yourself wholeheartedly to them. Repeat them again and again. Repeat them again and again. Again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you go on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as a runner. See, Andrew was saying, take the thing. Like he's saying, do this with the word. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. Isn't it amazing that God knows we're busy people? This is the stuff we do all day, every day anyway. He's saying, add this to your life. He's not saying, like, try to uh, force it and pound it. Like, he's saying, you're already doing this stuff. Add the word of God. Add the, the, the promises. Add the commandments. Add those to your everyday life. Adam, to when you're, when you're going to bed, hey, we're going to have a devotion tonight before bed. We're going to sing songs of, of praise to Jesus before bed. We're going to, uh, when you get up in the morning, hey, sunshine, welcome. Get up. I know you, uh, you guys, I know you youth, a little hard to get up in the mornings. I've had to do it. I've been waking them up before. Uh, but, he, but he's saying, add the word of God to every, when, when you're, when you're leaving the house, when you're coming back, when you're set reminders, he's saying, here, this is the, the things we can get out of this one passage, repetition and memorization. It's important. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Get the word in you, get the word in you. Memorize. Memorize it. Chew on it, think about it. Repeat it. He's saying, say it to your children over and over. How many of you guys want to memorize more scripture this year? Yeah, good. We all do, don't we? Because we know how, how good it is for us, how, how good it is for our heart, how good it is for our soul. How, uh, this is another th- conversation, private and public. Talk about it. Have conversation. They say the average young person has two minutes of meaningful conversation with their mom every day. You know how much it is with the father? 30 seconds. It's one of the reasons they say uh, having a meal three times a week together as a family is so important. And as you're having a meal together as a family, bring the Word of God into it. Think about 
And you're not going to bring the word of God into it if you're not engaged with it yourself. You're not going to bring the word of God. If you're not engaged with scripture, you're not understanding scripture, you're chewing on it, you're thinking about it, you're meditating on it, you're memorizing it, you're thinking about it, you're, uh, when it becomes a part of your life, it's going to be very natural to talk about with your kids. It's going to be very natural to talk about, hey, what's God been doing and saying in scripture? At all times. Do it all the time. Talk about it. Incorporate. Incorporate the word of God into your life at all times. Set reminders. Put it on your forehead. How many got a, you all got smartphones giving you reminders all day, every day? Some people call it their portable brain. It's easy to set reminders on here of the Word of God. Verse of the day scripture. Reminder. Get in the Word. I tried it. The youth, they have this thing called Snapchat. Anybody on Snapchat? They have this thing called streaks. They're trying to like, I don't even understand how it all works. You all on the Snapchat? Gershom? Huh? Huh? They, got, they love to get these streaks. So you, basically, if you uh, interact with people, every, each day you interact with them, you get a streak, and the, the longer you interact, the longer your streaks go, uh, and people try to keep the streak going, and it's like this thing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I keep telling them, like, the, the one streak that matters, the one streak that actually matters in your life, the Word of God. I know. It's the one that matters. <laughs> yes, they have streaks on the Bible app now. It's awesome. Set reminders. It's in the context of community. It's in the context of community with other people. It's in the context of community with family. It's in the context, uh, yes, we need to have a personal relationship with the word but we also need to do it in the context of community we also need to do that in 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 relationship with other people because there's things in this book that i don't i don't get there's things in this book that i don't understand there's things in this book i i'm we're all, we all have to wrestle and struggle through and try to understand and when you get other perspective we, we meet together every other, every other uh, Monday as the NFC pastors, and we've been going through Ephesians and, and hearing other people's perspectives and hearing other Pastor Justin piping in, like, here, I think this is what it says. And, oh, yeah, it's so much more rich when you can hear it from other people, when you can hear other voices, when you can hear uh, not just what I think and what I say, and yes, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and, and illuminate the Word of God to us and, and make it come to life to us, but when you hear it from other people, there's something like, oh yeah, I've never seen it that way. Or how about when they, they come, come, come with a perspective you, you don't necessarily agree with? What do you do with that? What's that going to do for your faith? What's that going to do for you chewing on, thinking about, understanding the Word of God?
word has to be first priority. In us personally, in our families, and in our church. How do we do that? We do it in the context of community. We do what Deuteronomy 6 says. Now this is the, the, the part where the word is. I know we were ha- going to have the children in with us today, so I'm going to try to interact as much as I can. And um, The word is like a seed. Have we ever seen a mustard seed? Have we ever seen the, a seed, seed before? You seen seeds before? Anybody seen a seed? Good. First uh, Peter one twenty three said it says it like this: Having been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. That seed. The Bible talks about the seed of the Word of God and, and uh, how we don't, one of the, the messages, the key messages that I keep coming back to over and over is the soil of the heart. Because Jesus was speaking prophetically to us. He's saying the seed of the Word of God wants to penetrate and implant into your heart and it wants to transform the way you think and the way you operate and the way you move and the way you uh, think about life and the way you understand life and the way you relate to other people and and it wants to influence and impact every area of your life. He's saying every seed that is sown into the heart and it begins to bear fruit and it begins to... it accomplishes it. It actually uh, pr- produces a harvest thirty, sixty, or a hundred times what was sown, and it actually will bear fruit in your life. It will. It will make a difference. It will make a difference in your relationships. You take the principles of the Word of God. You take the principles of what God says. It's going to bear fruit in your life. It will. And yet, Jesus was speaking prophetically to our heart, saying, your, your heart's not ready to receive. Because you're stuck in your own mindsets, and your own thinking, therefore, the ground is hard. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You get in the Word, you understand the Word. You, the Word is what's transforming Saying that the seed of the word of God wants to get in your heart, but there's, there's hardness of heart. There's things that, and, and what does it say? The, the seed that fell on the footpath, the hard place, the, the same way of thinking and the same mindsets and the same, I can't get out of the rut. I can't get out of that hard spot. The seed that falls on it says the enemy comes and snatches what was sown. We have an enemy that wants, does not want the word of God to bear fruit in your life. We have an enemy that wants to come and snatch what God wants to sow in your heart. We have an enemy. As a, Sunday afternoon. We have an enemy that's already trying to take away what God was sowing into your heart. And then, and then it says, the ones that fell in the rocky soil were the ones that received it with joy. Woohoo! This is amazing. This is emotional. It's woohoo! It's this awesome. But since they have no root, it says when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, 
when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. Do you understand that because of the word, you're going to suffer trouble or persecution? You really believe what this book says? You're going to suffer trouble or persecution. And it can't be an emotional thing. Woohoo! Because it says, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, because they have no root, they shrivel up. And then, and then he says, and, and the one that's, that fell among the thorns are the ones that the word was sown, but the distractions of life and the cares and worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. We've all been there. When the word of God wants to penetrate, he wants to sow something into our heart, he wants to make something come alive to us, and the cares and worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. The busyness of life, if you will. Jesus was speaking to us, speaking our generation, speaking to us, saying, the busyness of life is going to choke out the word of God. The busyness of life is going to choke out the word of God in you. And he's saying, we need to have hearts that are ready and open and receive, ready to receive. That's one of the reasons we do worship before the word. It's because it's preparing our hearts, getting ready to receive. It's opening us up. It's, open, it's breaking up the ground. It's taking out the rocks. Pulling weeds, whatever's got to happen. Getting the soil of our heart ready, ready to receive. So, first of all, it's a seed. It produces faith and growth. How I many you want to grow? You know, I had a youth pastor. Uh, she she uh, passed away a few years ago now. Uh, but she was amazing at taking the word of God and breaking it down and making it come alive. And all those seeds, she would just plant seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds. Uh, I remember going to her funeral a few years back, and everywhere we went, and everybody talking, and everybody saying, like, how influential and impactful this, this lady was, and uh, how, how much she, uh, she had a way of making every one of us feel like we were her favorite. But it was the seeds of the word of God. And it was amazing getting, going to her funeral and seeing thousands of people and seeing them like just say how much the seeds of the word of God influence and impact their life. The seeds that were planted in our heart are, are now uh, bearing fruit all over the world, all over the nations. It's amazing how the seed, one little seed, can produce growth. Uh, another time and season of my life, I, right out of uh, high school, I started working for a contractor. We started doing uh, commercial remodeling. Uh, Larry, Larry was the guy's name, and Larry, every single day, every single day, Larry would challenge me and say, what'd you, what'd you read in the Word today? I remember making stuff up. <laughs> but he challenged me, and there was something about it that, like, He's going to ask me that question again tomorrow. What, what do I say? And I remember, like, 
I've been around long enough now to see growth patterns in my life. Been around long enough to know to see to see growth patterns in my life and and also the opposite. Patterns in my life where I'm shrinking, shrinking back. Patterns in my life where I'm my love for, for the Lord and my love for him and my love for his word is growing cold. I've seen patterns in my life, and I'm, I'm telling you that the, the, the seed that produces faith and growth, they're, they're, when we get and dig into the word and spend time in the word and spend time getting to know it and have relationship with the word, I'm telling you, that's the time and season you're going to grow. There's going to be growth in your life if you're digging into and engaging with the word of God. Milk. All right. So we got some babies up front here that are digging the milk. Yes. First Peter 2.2 2 says it like this. As newborn babies desire, desire the pure milk of the word. Desire the pure spiritual milk of the word. As newborn babies, desire it, crave it. So we got milk, right? Uh, Hebrews talks about, I, wa- I wanted to address you, address you as adults, but I got to address you as infants. People, whoo, I'm going to pull my hair out here. Uh, it says like this in the New Living Translation, like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Now that you've had a taste of the Lord's goodness, there's something about the taste, tasting and seeing the Lord's goodness and understanding his goodness and understanding what, what the, the word of God and how it nourishes and how uh, I, I want to come to a place and a Space where I'm like one of these one of these babies who's craving it. Who they they don't know how to express anything. They don't know uh, how to say I'm hungry. Feed me. But they get into rhythms and routines and and and, and they get into a, a thing where the only thing on their mind is what milk. Feed me, change me. Right. Well, I want to get into a place where the, I'm craving the Word of God. Honey. Psalm 19, 7 through 11. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing the joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for the living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are warming A warning to your servant, a great reward to those who obey them. 
It's like honey. Anybody know anything about honey? Honey's good, yeah? Anybody like honey? I know Cooper likes honey. This is Cooper's bottle of honey. Cooper's amazing how much he can go through. Uh, It's amazing how much can end up on the counter, too. (laughs) The Word of God, there's a sweetness. Tastes good. We want the Word of God to taste good, right? Honey. Tell me something about honey. How's the Word of God like honey? Sweet? Tastes good? Gives a little more flavor? Gives a sweetness? What else? What's that, Winder? It's pure. Good. Doesn't go bad. That's amazing. I'm going to get my props here, you know. Okay. <laughs> it's like bread. Uh, the Word of God, it, talking about, you know, uh, you, we, we've been going over the, the Old Testament stories of the Pentateuch. Uh, you guys remember manna in the wilderness, right? There was fresh manna daily. Wasn't there? What happened if they took more than their share for the day? It went nasty. Spoiled. Now, uh, the manna, and then somehow on the day of rest, you were supposed to gather more than enough the day before, and it, and it lasted. I don't know how that works. Uh, but just like bread and Jesus saying in, in uh, Matthew 4.4, 4, uh, we don't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the, from the mouth of the Lord. Like, it's not bread alone, and it's... Uh, we can get in routine and pattern and thinking of uh, my body is hungry at certain times of the day, right? You've all had a a, a break at mid-morning break on your job site. Guess what happens mid-morning? Why is this this break not happening? Oh my goodness, I'm so hungry. (sighs) You start like there's something about rhythm and routine and there's something about yesterday's bread is not satisfying me today. Yesterday's bread is not satisfying me today. God's got something fresh for you. He's got something new for you today. He's got something something fresh. All right. I got another one here for you. Do do do. Don't try this at home, kids. Uh, okay. So, uh, what's the next one you think? Fire. How does how does fire? Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. It says like this. Does not my word burn like fire? Says the Lord. 
How does, what, what is God's word like fire? What is God's word like fire? How does, how does that work? What's the illustration there? It's burning. It burns. Okay, Jeremiah said the word is like fire shut up in my bones. How else is the word of God like fire? Cleansing, purifying. Yes. Illuminating. So when they, uh, don't worry, it's, it's going out now. Uh, the, the, you know, they would take uh, smelt, anybody know, a, a gold and silver and precious metals, they would take them and get, get super duper hot and then they would throw it in this thing. If, if Isaac Hernandez was here, I'd ask him, he worked at a foundry for uh, a while, but he'd talk about how hot it was and how stinky it was and how they would throw metal and it would, like instantly turn to water, turn to liquid. They could throw a precious metal in this, in this thing and it instantly turned to liquid. And then what they do is they'd heat it, keep heating it, and, and the impurities would float to the top, and they would scrape off the impurities and let it cool, and then keep doing that process over and over again. Uh, they're, they're pulling out the impurities, and the, the, the more they purify it, the more they uh, pull a, put fire to it, the more impurities come to the surface, and the more uh, they get purer and purer gold. That's how you get more and more precious metals. Right? Next one, hammer. That same passage is not my word like fire, says the Lord. It is, not, is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? I know you're thinking about my mighty hammer. No, it's not, not like this. It's a... Uh, uh, sorry. Probably more like this. God's word like a hammer. Right? His hammer brings freedom. It breaks bondages. His word. Is not my word like fire? Is it not? But uh, is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes the rock to pieces? It, it, bring, it breaks bondages. It breaks uh, because it's pointing back to Jesus and who Jesus is. It's pointing back to the Father. It's pointing back to the Holy Spirit. It's, point, it's illuminating those things for us. Jesus is the bondage breaker. How do we know the, who Jesus is? We get to know him. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He is the Word. And he wants to speak to us, and he wants to make himself known to us, and he wants to break bondages in our life. All right. It's like a mirror. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God planted in your hearts. Humbly accept the word of God planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your soul. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like one glancing at your face in the mirror you see yourself and walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. It's like a mirror. The Word of God is like a mirror. 
Somebody who sees the word of God and sees themselves and help helps us see our real self. Helps us see our, our is this passage talking about humility. This passage is talking about, you know, we all need to, right before this, talking about uh, be quick to listen and slow to get angry. Slow, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And then, and then he goes right from there talking about being humble and getting rid of. One of the ways we're going to be real with each other and be honest with each other, and it's going to come by putting the Word of God into our heart. It's going to come by not just getting the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, but actually putting it into practice. It says you receive it and you don't put it into practice. You're like one who sees himself in a mirror, like, oh, wow, look how pretty. <laughs> you walk away and, wait, what did I look like again? What would life be like without mirrors? Huh, Claire? No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. What would life be like without mirrors? The Word of God is like a mirror to us. Shows us who we really are. Shows us the way God thinks of us. Shows us the way we need to see ourselves, the right self. It's like a sword. This is the closest thing I could find to a sword this morning. So uh, it's like a double-edged sword. It's not exactly double-edged here. Uh, <clears throat> it defends and discerns the heart. For the word of God is alive and powerful, is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one for whom we are accountable. Uh, first of all, it says in that passage, the word of God is living and active. The word of God is not supposed to be some boring, uh, dry it's supposed to be living and active in something fresh and something new. So I, I always think of Jeremiah uh, 2, eight, where it talks about, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, cisterns that can't even hold water anymore. It says, The word of God and the relationship with Jesus and relationship with the Lord the word in him, he is living and active. He's living. He's got something fresh, something new today. He's got something new for you today. He has a new revelation of who he is today. He wants to show you a new aspect of himself today. <sighs> Water. Ephesians 5.26 says, Husbands must love their wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed in the cleaning of God's word, the cleansing of God's word. In the Greek, it's washed by the water of the word. 
He did this to present her to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For men who love their wife actually... Love their wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. How's the word of God like water? Cleanses, washes. And it's talking about washing. When it's talking about washing, it's talking about washing our mind. You know, Paul, Paul in, somebody would, we would look at Paul and say he's a pretty mighty man of God, right? Yes? Pretty powerful ministry, pretty powerful, powerful guy. You know, even Paul said, what a dirty, nasty, ugly, wretched mind I have. Who can save me from this mind? Found in Romans 8, if you want to find it. He says, my mind. And that, that's where Romans 12, right after that, he's saying, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind by the word of God. Your mind needs to be renewed. Part of the way your mind is renewed is by washing of the water of the word. Hello? Washing of the water of the word. Your mind needs to be cleansed. Your mind needs to be detoxed. Your mind needs to be washed. All of us, our mind, we, our thought life gets out of control at times. All of us get, get exposed and, and pulled into the pattern of the world and the, the pattern of the world's way of thinking and the pattern of the world's way of operating, the pattern of the world's systems and the world's thinking and understanding. All of us get pulled in there. All, and, and Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus to one of the pastors, Timothy. And, and uh, in Second uh, Timothy chapter, chapter 3 and 4, he's talking about the end times. And he's saying, uh, watch out, because people are going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to be boastful, proud, rude. They're going to be... Uh, dishonor their mom and dad. They're going to do all... And he's saying all this, and he's saying... That, all these things you would look at and say, the world is so messed up. And he said, no, no, no. I'm writing this because this stuff is going on in the church. This is not something that's going on with the world. It's, it's the world, suddenly the, the world's influence and impact starts coming into the church. And it says people would become lovers of themselves. And, and he's trying to address the Ephesian church, and he's saying, Timothy, watch out, and you're, there's going to be terrible, terrible times in the last days. We need to be, our minds need to be renewed. Our minds need to be washed in the word. Our minds need to be changed. Some about this that's refreshing too. So I was telling the youth group about the the, the guy with the sword and how the, the sword it's actually one of the one of the 
pieces of armor we're supposed to carry, right? We look back in uh, David's mighty men, and there was, there was the one guy who, who fought so hard that his sword stuck to his hand. He was so exhausted, he couldn't even let the sword go. I want to teach and train and equip and preach and teach the Word of God in such a way you can't let it go. You can try. But what happened to Jesus when he was in the, in the wilderness being tempted? That sword was stuck to his hand. The one who was the Word, all of a sudden, I'm sorry, no. The Word says. You, you, and the enemy was very sneaky trying to use the Word of God against the Word of God. Lord, Lord knows the truth, right? So the Word is all those things. It's a lamp. Lamp into my feet, a light into my path. It's going to show you the way. It's going to give you understanding on where to go. So I'm sharing these different aspects of the Word of God and these different things the Word of God do and the different things the Word of God in, in us and different aspects of the Word of God because as you uh, try to teach and train and equip your, your, your family and have conversations about the Word of God, you're going to have to have different conversations and different aspects of the Word of God. There's going to be times where you're talking as a family about purity, that fire. The Word of God is the Word of God not like fire, bringing purity. There's going to be times as a family you're talking about the Word of God as, oh man, it was so good that God spoke to me in such a powerful way this morning and it was, so, it was bread to my soul. It was so good. Here, have some. There's going to be times and seasons and aspects where you're talking about the Word of God. You're going to try and make it more sweet. I want my family to understand the Word of God in, in a sweet way. We're talking about different aspects of the Word of God because if we're going to grow in our, in our, if it's going to grow in power and spread, we've got to know it and understand it in different ways. We've got to Put it into practice. We've got to put it into our life. All right, so the word brings healing. He sent forth his word and healed them. The word brings healing. It brings hope. Psalm 130, verse 5. Brings hope. Brings fruit. Isaiah 55 says it like this. If anyone is thirsty, come and drink. If any of you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It is free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does, not, that is, does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Listen to me, and you're going to enjoy what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me, and your ears with your ears wide open, listen to me and you will find life. I will, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord, 
the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change his ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he will have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground and water the earth. They cause the grain to grow and produce seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with the word with my word. I send it out and it will produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace, and the mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there was thorn, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. Uh, the word, the word brings, bears fruit. It bears fruit in our life. It brings life. It, the word is meant to exhort us and build us up and empower, Hebrews 13, 22. It gives us strength. How many need strength? The word gives you strength. It revives us. Brings salvation. Gives us grace. Gives us comfort. It sustains. Gives us understanding. Brings deliverance. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I'm going to ask if you would just mind standing and hold your Bible. Lord, we ask that you would help us You'd help us as individuals, you'd help us as families, you'd help us as a congregation to know and understand your word. God, to have relationship with the word, to have relationship with you. God, I pray that even this week as we meditate on your word, we think about your word, we Try to understand your word. We memorize your word, whatever it is. Lord, I pray that you would, as we read it and as we think about it, God, things would come to life. God, I pray it would be living and active. I pray that it would be something about it that that speaks a fresh word, that speaks a new word, that speaks a... Wow. 
bring us back into that place of where we can say, oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. God, that you would use us to bring your word. God, that you'd use us to speak truth. Use us to speak your word. I pray that the word would grow in power in our life and in our family and in our church. Pray that our relationship to your word would would grow. And I pray that your word, because we carry it, because it's grown in power, it would spread widely. It would spread to the nations. Lord, for those of us, yeah, Lord, I just pray for each one in here. I pray for a fresh revelation, a fresh intimacy with your word. Lord, where there's bondage, there's things in our life that need to be purified, there's things in our life that need to be broken. I pray that you would come and minister. I pray that you would come and minister to each one of us in whatever facet you want to minister to us, God. Lord, we pray you would strengthen your word in our life. Strengthen your word in our life. Strengthen your word in this congregation. Strengthen your word in our families. Strengthen it, God. Strengthen it in our kids. Strengthen it in in our parents. In our parenting. Strengthen your word in our life. Jesus name I think uh, after a message like this we could give you all the to do's and these are the ways to engage and this is the way to do it with your family and this is the way and this is uh, I feel like I want to give the Lord room and the Holy Spirit room to give you a a very personal, this is how you need to engage this week. Uh, There's so many different aspects of the message, so many different aspects of the Word of God, so many different aspects of, uh, the Lord could have spoken something completely different to each one of us, and that's, that's the way He works and the way He operates and the way He functions. He wants to engage with you this week through scripture. Some of you that's setting reminders on your phone, some of you that's uh, having conversations, some of you that's as you're going to bed at night, let's think about the word. Some of you that's memorizing things you haven't been able to memorize before. Some of you that's meditating on it. Some of you, uh, it's going to be different for every one of us. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come 
And we wouldn't be like the people who see themselves in the mirror and actually don't do anything with it. But we, we, we see ourselves and we see a reflection of who you are. And Lord, that you want to have relationship with us. And that you want to speak to us through your word. And that you want to wake us up in the morning just excited to know more about you. Excited to hear your heart. Excited to hear what you have for us. I pray for each one of us that you would give us clear steps this week to engage with your scripture. To engage with your word. Lord, that as we sing that song, I stand, I stand in your love. My fear doesn't have a chance. I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your truth. I'm standing on the things you have said. I'm standing on the things that you say are broken in my life. Lord, would you help us, help us as individuals, as a church, as families, as small groups, whatever it is, would you help us to engage with Scripture? Would you help us to engage with your Word? Lord, I pray your blessing on each one here. I pray your blessing on relationship. Your blessing on a relationship with you. Your blessing on relationship with one another. Your blessing on family relationship, God. Your blessing on our finances. Your blessing on our work situation, God. Your blessing on as we finish up school. Your blessing. Lord, I pray your blessing. I pray your goodness. I pray your, Lord, that we would taste and see how awesome, how good you are. Thank you for this congregation. I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.